my pleasure to introduce once again our schus to have, Rabbi Yosef Weiner Shlita. It's always a tremendous nachas to be back. I thank again Rabbi Mordechai for uh, around the clock and around the year. He starts preparing for the next one, as we just heard, at the, uh, the present one, and it's, uh, it's an avayda kosha, but I'm sure it uh, brings him much nachas and many schusim for him and his mishpacha for many, many years. We're holding between Pesach and Shavuos, so I tried to pick a theme that starts with Pesach. So the first half will uh, focus on that and the lessons we're supposed to bring with us through Svira to prepare us for Kabbalah Sotayra. Uh I gave the uh, title to uh, Mordechai about five weeks ago. I think it has something to do with why are we so nervous. Is that what it said? So um, obviously you understood from the title that it's going to be a chizik. Uh, for myself, and hopefully for you, and Ninyane Bitochan and Amuna. Uh, let me begin with a, a question I always had. It always bothered me, and I'm, I'm sure you thought about it as well. We know that a key aspect to Yitzhiz Mitzrayim was the fact that Klayasol left Bechipozon. Not that they stopped left Bechipozon, they had to leave Bechipozon. Such a rush it was that. HaKadosh Baruch Hu told them the night before to be ready to leave on a minute's notice and pack your bags and eat the Karm Pesach with your walking stick. And the Pele is, is that they probably knew quite well that they weren't leaving till tomorrow morning. So why would there be a Tzivoy to Keilu, you're leaving at any moment? And then the next morning, as the Pasuk clearly indicates in one of the Ramazim for Matzah, is despite all the warnings, they left the next morning with tremendous chippahs and tremendous haste. And almost keilu, they were caught by surprise. And they were in the middle of baking challah. And at the last minute, they didn't have enough time to let it rise. Allah What's this theme? Chippahs and Akash Baruch was planning this for over 200 years. Hashem knows the timeline, and Hashem can easily give us plenty of time to prepare, and we can leave in a calm, cool, and collected way. This is a central theme of, of Pesach, the whole, the whole idea of the Gula. Why Chippazim? Why does everything have to be in a rush? So we're often in a rush. I share this kasha with many people. It's not a kasha. If you look at him every morning going to Shacharis, it's the same thing every morning. He tries to get up earlier, he's in a rush at the last minute, he's always rushing, he's never on time. That's good for us. But Kosh Baruch Hu planned this. And he knew we had to bake, and he knew we had to have time for the lechem to rise. The last minute, chick-chock, everybody's out, and there's no time for anything. Why? So, some Bali Mutzah bring down that if you look throughout Tanakh, most of the Nisim were done in a just-in-time fashion. Even though, for our nerves, it would be better if we had a little bit of a heads-up that the nace is going to happen. You see, it's and Kriyas Yamsuf, Sephora, no comments that uh, Yasef was taken from the bar and Mitzrayim from one minute to the next. One minute he was languishing in jail, next minute he was swept to power. There was no metamorphosis, there was no time to even get used to the change. Lots of love, it's going to be the same. And not only that, the Rambam has a very interesting 
This is Lahalacha, not just Tashkafa. Rambam brings down Hilchas Malachim. Kalmisha in a Maimin boy, we're talking about the Malach Mashiach. Kalmisha in a Machakel two components. You have to be Maimin the Mashiach is coming, and that's not enough. You have to also be Machakel And if you don't have both, if you're just a general Maimin, but you're not really waiting each moment, He's a Kaifer baker. He is failing in one of the Yud Gimelani Maimans. So I saw Rapam asks, why is it that the second component is so crucial? It's very nice. You not only believe in theory, but you're waiting, waiting, waiting. So you're not waiting every minute, but you know he's coming. So he's coming. Now, next month, next year, he's coming. Why is it so important to wait that he can come on a dime and change everything from one moment to the next? He says, and I'm going to add a little bit, so if you don't like the shot, don't blame it on Rapam. Uh, I'm sort of mixing in what I think he, he's getting at. If a person goes through life and every time something gets pressured and he's balachas, doesn't know what's going to be the next moment, if every time that happens, which for many of us is five times a day, every time that happens, we get off a tumult, and we can't concentrate on our Vedas Hashem. A crisis happens in the office, we have to make a sudden decision on between Shekhar and Emes, between Kiddush Hashem and Chil Hashem. We have to make a sudden decision, am I going to skip Shacharis B'tzibah this time? Am I going to skip my Seder? Am I going to cut it short, come late? Often, if we're not trained in the concept of Chippazan, the fact that whatever's going on, Hashem can change it in a moment. And Bitochan is not only that in theory Hashem can help you, it's that Hashem can help you, Hashem can help you in the next minute, and what you're worrying about now might not be no gay on the next minute from now. And that is the Nakuda that if uh, everybody has difficulty focusing on this, but that's the Nakuda that really gives us the Menuchas HaNefesh to focus on our Baris Hashem, not get stared every moment, and get thrown off. And that's why the Yitzhiya Sassayim starts with Chippozen. Hashem could easily make it that you can go, I'm giving you the time now, bake in advance, cook in advance, get packed. You don't have to be waiting by the door. It's a set time, nothing to worry about. Hashem Badafka doesn't do it that way because that's not the way life works. And Hashem wants us to be trained that when things get pressured, we don't buckle. That's the Chippozen, that's the Kriyas Yamsev that happened at the last moment. And the Bias of Mashiach is the same thing, to know in theory the Mashiach is coming and not understand that whatever tsaris we have in the Golas can change in a moment as soon as Ben David walks through the door, then we're not going to be able to weather the storm. Another example in Chumash, this is one of my favorites, if you could pick favorites. As Yankov, we all know Yaakov was told by his mother and Aviyah, to go in and steal the brachas. She had to be in a via to Paskin. Yaakovinu is very upset at having to do this. And he has to put on a charade. And he's very nervous. And she brings it up. He said, if I get caught, he's going to kill me. And my father catches me. He's going to curse me. It's a very dangerous thing. And she says, no. Rachlimenu tells him, go. I like Everything's going to be fine. Esav goes out to hunt. He's an expert hunter. Usually takes him about seven minutes. We know the Medrash says that he was talking very good and he set the trap and the Malach came and undid the net 
and he made another one, the Malach came and undid it. He's getting very frustrated as it never takes this long. And HaKadosh Baruch was keeping him out in the field as Yaakov Inu was inside getting the bracha. If we were Yaakov Inu, good thing we're not, we would come in and, okay, we're taking the bracha already. I hope it's one of the shorter versions. Because, uh, and it's not. It starts with Tal Shemayim Mishmana Eretz. Baruch Hashem, we're still reaping the benefits from the bracha. But it goes and goes and goes and Yaakov Inu is uh, waiting for Esav to return and waiting to get out. But Hashem is making Nisim and a flow, so the Malach is undoing everything Esav is trying to do. Esav gets so frustrated, he finally just butchers a dog, and he brings it back. Pasuk says, Yaakov Inu is finishing off. Even without Rashi, you could probably figure it out for the word Yatsai Yatsai, but uh, Rashi fills you in. Yatsai Yatsai, Rashi says, Four words, So what is Rashi adding? So Sisacham explains, there wasn't five seconds in between. So much so that the Medrash says that it's not shy Yaakovino got out with five, ten, fifteen seconds to spare. He didn't even get out. He heard Asaph coming. He quickly came to the door, hid in the shadow. Asaph came in, moved forward. Had he turned around, Yaakovino would have been dead by Derech and he was davening, he shouldn't turn around, he goes into the inner chamber, and then Yaakov Inu runs out. So you look at the Rashi with the Medrash, Rachman Latzlan, HaKadosh Baruch was doing Nisim in the flow to keep him out in the field for an hour and a quarter. He couldn't stay for an hour and 17 minutes? Yaakov Inu has to have, uh, if you excuse the expression, palpitations. That ace is coming in, he has to hide behind the door. Why? Hashem's doing an ace anyway, so why does it have to be a photo finish? The answer is the same thing. That is, if it's not a photo finish, so we think, ah, oh, plenty of time to spare. That wasn't even an ace. I came, Asaf showed up 20 minutes later, he probably stopped for coffee, it wasn't even close. So we're not in Machir, the Yad Hashem, and we don't learn the lesson that everything is a photo finish. Sometimes we see it, sometimes we don't. And then we won't see the Yad Hashem. And this happens throughout Tanakh, and if you start thinking as we talk, You'll notice that it happened many times in your life, and many times you probably didn't even notice. The purpose of all this, of the lessons of Yitzhak Tzitzrayim, pointed out the Sisachayim, quotes the Ibn Ezra, the Ibn Ezra asked the Kasha, why does the Aserah Zedibra start with an Eichi Hashem Alakecha? Asherah Tzitzicha Meret Tzitzrayim. Why don't you start with an Eichi Hashem Alakecha? Asherah Shemayim Baritz. So some say, can't say that because nobody was there, there's no way this. Everybody just witnessed the Pashup Shah. The Ibn Ezra doesn't say that. Ibn Ezra says, I'll read to you his Lashon, Ikra Dibra Rishon, this is Sikhaim quoting him, Ikra Dibra Rishon, Labal Loheris, Amuna Klolis Bashem Kabari Elam. The first of the Assess Dibra is not to teach the general Amuna that Akash Baruch who created the world. That's easier to believe. El Al Amuna Bashkoch Asoy HaPratis, I'll call Prat Prat. The Amuna is the Yitzin Sisrayim, that Hashem always does what's necessary. Hashem will always save us, and often he'll do it the last minute, so we're makir. And he quotes the Archaschayim from the Rosh, Zayasayid Kalotera Kula, Hamuna Bashkacha Pratis, Shakol Toli Maisedena Adekim Atarva Mitzvah Shalanu. He quotes the most famous of the Rishayim on this point, the Ramban. Ramban's a very strong Lashem. Sha'ain La Adam Chalik Bateris Meshra Benu. He don't have any Shaykhis to Yiddishkeit. Uh, 
But Ramban says you have no chalik unless you understand this cause and effect and this hashkacha pratis. So we're used to consulting ourselves that we have basically. We believe in Akash Baruch we believe in Tarim Sinai. Certainly a good start. Ramban says if you don't believe in hashkacha pratis, then you're not with the program. Say for Piske Chubas, Arachayim, is Malake two very interesting things on the Machaber. The Machaber, the Machaber is usually Pasking Shailas, so he brings this Hashkofa, this Musr down. So I guess the Machaber feels we have to use it as a Psak. We have to see it. It's in Sif Hay and Sim and Reish Lamed if you want to look it up. Machaber Paskin is Le'elam Ye Adam Rago Laimer Koman David Rachman Latavavid. We know it as a Gemara. Machaber Paskin is Allah Lamaisa. You have to train yourself. To constantly repeat, Koman David Latav. And he quotes the Sefer Noyim Magadim. If you internalize this, this Midah is not only the most important Midah to be kind of as a basic Ashkafa, it's so much easier to live life like this. A doctor recently approached me and he asked me, he had a certain patient, and this is not, uh, not for or against any particular medicine. Some people need it, some people don't. He had one particular patient who he thinks is a from doctor, and he's a Bentera. He came over to me, he says, the patient keeps asking for a refill on a certain prescription, and uh, he came to the office, and instead of giving him the prescription, he handed him a chavis lavav v'shar b'tochen. So the guy was a little bit hurt, and uh, he's in a medical center. Uh, see, the doctor asked me, did I do the right thing? I said, I think next time, push it for your panosa, why don't you hand in the prescription and send it to me for the Chobos Lovavos? Uh, it might be a little bit more. Not that he's, he's just as good as it as I am, but, uh, but your patients might not be too happy about it. But the point was well taken. Again, that's not a critique. Sometimes medicine is necessary with all the Chobos Lovavos. But sometimes with the medicine, it still doesn't work. And often without the medicine, if you start internalizing the fact that everything is under control and Hashem still has it under control and will always have it under control, and that's where he quotes, Misha kind of last but never zoom. Somebody works being kind of this a lifetime of, of activity. Tom Daita Slula, he always has a clear head, a brewerably ear of cloud. Maharsha called Toiv Tom and Etzla and Kol Mumara. And he's a macabre everything, but save upon the office. He points out, especially for a Bentayra who wants to learn, if you don't have this Tchunas Anefesh, you can never learn straight. Because every time you learn, you start, you start worrying about the last thing you had before the Seder, or the next thing that's coming. Whatever small shter comes his way, will throw him off. And he quotes a beautiful pshat from the Tzvil Lameshe. He says, it's a chiv to be mechanic your children to grow up with such a midah, of not constantly worrying. Children absorb very easily from the discussions at the Shabbos table, discussions around the dinner table, and discussions are always about what's going to be and what's going to be with the budget and what's going to be with this and the sky's falling in. And certain people just love talking like that all the time. The kids will pick up such a nature and they'll spend the whole life worrying. He quotes the shot in the famous Gemara and Brachas. You probably wondered about this also. He was going into a city and he heard screaming and yelling from inside a city. Omar, and he made a very strong statement with a lot of conviction. That's not coming out of my house. So everybody asked the Kasha, well, what, how did he know? 
There's not, nothing to do with Bitochen and Muna. There are many Tzadik Rala Rosh There are many people who are suffering. They're good people. Le'olenu. So how is he sure it's not coming from his house? So he calls the Tzvila Lamaisha. Tzvila Lamaisha says, I think this is the Pashup shot. He said he wasn't sure it wasn't from his house. The Kubrach Monoslan, the tragedy was from his house. He was convinced in the fact that they were screaming and yelling and wailing and crying that it wasn't from his house because he knew one thing. He trained his children to be able to handle things a little bit better and the, and the tone and the pitch he heard the screaming and yelling, he knew it wasn't his house. Not that there couldn't be tragedy in his house. That's a whole different way of looking at life. It's not a question of is it going to happen to you, is it not going to happen to you, Lolaine? It's a question of the reaction. He continues. Because it causes... This is a very scary statement. A person who's overly nervous can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. It can cause how these things work. It can cause a lack of mazel if a person's too worried that he doesn't have the mazel and he doesn't have the siyat dishmaya. And he asked the kasha, it says, That's by Ruchnius. It's not good for your siyat deshmaya and your mazel, and it's not good for your health either. He quotes the famous Gemara Sanhedrin on Kuf, Ahmed Beis, Kol Yimei Ani Ram Zed Daito Katsara. Daito Katsara means Daig Almasha Asad Lava Olav. Taiv Lev Mishta Tamiz Zesha Daito Rochava Laena Mesim Lalibo Daiga Kolkach. This is the Machaber's instructions as we go to work. You can't take everything to heart. You have to make plans. You have to do your shtadlis. You can't forget about the Bari Elam in terms of the fact he's not only running the world, but he is focused on you as an individual. Uh, somebody once told me, I think he said it was George Foreman. That's not the sandwich maker, that's the boxer. Um, I, it's either him or Mike Tyson. I don't remember. Uh, but uh, somebody told me he had a very, um, this is, you know, Yesh Kanalam of Shahachas. He should be quoted in the Hakel Shir. Uh, he was once interviewed, and uh, he was the champion, and he, uh, his next fight was a very formidable uh, challenger. And the challenger was talking very tough, and he had a whole plan on how he's going to beat him this time. He had a whole elaborate uh, strategy. So they asked uh, the George or Mike, whichever one it was, they asked him, uh, what do you have to say about his strategy? It sounds like he has a really good plan. And his remark was something to the effect that good plans are very good until you get punched in the head the first time. That's godless. Because for a guy who's not working with Bitochan Amuna, you talk a going with a plan, and then the first time you get walloped, so then all bets are off. We have to be different. Pshat Yid is that Leilena, we dab and we shouldn't get the punch, and we try to avoid the punch, but when it comes large or small, we're not thrown off. And if we're down and they start counting to 10, we're up before, long before 10. That's our Mahalach Lahavdul. We have a situation where there's nobody without um, I had somebody in my house yesterday. I could say the same story for the day before and the day before that. I have X amount of hours during the day. And it's inevitable, and just I uh, hadn't heard it in at least three days. People walked in, and they said um, they have something they need to discuss. It's a very big problem, and uh, they're really walking around with this peckle, and nobody has such a peckle. They were convinced. They convinced I never heard of it, and that nobody has such a large peckle. After I heard what they had to say, I assured them that this is actually small to mid-size. They were happy to hear that. I, mean, I guess you know, when you're sitting in a corner listening to a lot of, uh, a lot of people who need your shoes, you have what to compare it to. 
when you're in it, you always think this is something insurmountable and nobody has gone through this and nobody's dealing with this. And you're sort of wondering, why me? And the answer is, Leolenu, again, you don't ask for it, but it's a tremendous compliment, Mino Shamayim. And uh, the trick in life is to uh, focus on this often enough that when the punch comes, you can be sure the reaction is that you're not completely off kilter. Piskachuva mentioned the siyatashmaya a person has when they are steady on their feet, if I can use the Lushan, and they have that Yishva Das in adversity. So famous Maisa Malachim Bey's Parikvov. Malach Aram had been sending uh, small terrorist groups to wreak havoc in Israel, And he would send small battalions to attack in certain areas. And it was very bizarre. Every time he sent someone, the Jewish army had sent two battalions waiting for them in ambush, and they would attack them and kill them. No, once a coincidence, twice a coincidence, three times, so they're already having a cabinet meeting back in Aram, and Aritzi the Pasik, Melech Aram, realizes there must be a spy in his inner circle, because how else would the king of Eretz Yisrael know to send soldiers every time he's about to attack? He said, do me a favor, give yourself up, who's a spy here? So there's a question you're going to get a very straight answer for. I don't know what he was hearing, but he got a straight answer, actually. <laughs> this is, you had to be there for this answer because you got to give some credit to Melech Haram that he believed this story. Instead of having a spy turn himself in, he says, no, there's no spy. No one's giving up your secret activities. To have a Navi in Klai Yisrael, and he sees everything, and whenever we talk in secret, he knows the whole plan, and he leaks it to Melech Yisrael, and he sends the troop, and that's why we're getting killed. And believe it or not, the Melech Haram said, oh, that makes sense. That's, that's, that's a Madrigan, Bitochen. The Melech Haram believed this. So, okay, so they continue the meeting. What do we do now? So uh, his next objective is to go have him arrested taken in dead or alive, because he's causing a lot of damage to the uh, terrorist effort. So he sends a huge army. The Kif was the year they knew the city, they surrounded the whole city. Again, hundreds of thousands of soldiers. So Elisha's there with his Gabai, the Gabai gets up, and he comes out in the morning, and there's 100,000 soldiers waiting for them. He comes running back into the house. He said, Rebbe, we're in big trouble. So Elisha says, nothing to worry about. We outnumber them. Two against 100,000. We outnumber them. So I had to outnumber them. So uh, Elisha saw that Hashem had sent 300,000 malachim and fiery chariots, and there's nothing to worry about. So this next pasuk is a pillar. So the Nair, the Gabai over here, not every Gabai is on the Madriga of the Rebbe. So he doesn't see a thing. So he looks around, he says, uh, that Rebbe, that's a great trick, where are the F-16s? Well, how, how exactly are we going to do this? So he davin, Elisha davens that Hashem opened his eyes to see Malachim, which is a treat most people don't get to do twice. Usually they don't survive the experience. And the mountains are full of heavenly troops. So, 
Hello, number one is why is this necessary? Elisha knew they were there, Hashem sent them, and uh, the enemy's outnumbered. So, uh, so then I does believe, doesn't believe. He's nervous, he's not nervous. What difference does it make? The big appeal is, The next nace made the fiery chariots irrelevant. Elisha asked for a different nace. He says, why don't you make them all blind? This next part of the parak is humorous, if you never saw it inside. It's one of the only parts of Navi you can almost chuckle. You see, they're all blind now. He's got 100,000 men they can't see. And he goes up to them, excuse me, gentlemen, are you looking for somebody? So they said, yeah, we're looking for the Navi. He's in big trouble and we find him. Can you lead, can you lead us to him? He says, sure, I'll, I know exactly where he is. And he leads them straight into the capital. And he brings them to the king and uh, they wake up and they're in front of the Pentagon. And the rest was history. So what did you need the first nace for? Two obvious kashas. Chaim Shulevitz in Sichus Musar says an answer to both. He says the nace that was intended was to make them all blind. There's a reason for it. I can't go into it now because we'll, we'll be here for the rest of the day. But he brings it to the king later. The king sets him free and they make Shalom afterwards. The planned nace was to make them all blind and lead them into the capital. They cannot be zeichet to that nace if there's somebody standing there shaking and panic stricken. doesn't work. You can't be zeichet to any nace if you're all bewildered. Aha, Rebbe, what are we going to do? It's all over. If you think it's all over, Hamal Islam is going to be all over. So Alicia realized that we've got to work on this first because otherwise you only got two people standing over here. He might think he's zeichet to the nace, but uh, this nair is part of the picture over here. We've got to straighten them out. So he says, first of all, I guarantee you, we outnumber them. And he wasn't convinced. So um, Shem had to show him, which was an ace unto itself. After he was calm, he said, now we can go on to the original plan A. What, Amusser? So we're asking, we're not asking for any Nez Nicholas today. If we do, we're not going to have it anyway. Uh, we have many Nisim in our life. We have to be calm enough to be Zechid, to be the Kli that Hashem is going to make the Yeshuas with us. You have to have that... That small amount to be talking that the bracha can be chal. One uh, application in chinuch happens to be what I was discussing with a few people the last few days. You never attach chinuch with uh, bitachon sugya, but uh, I've noticed chinuch is a very, very delicate balance between. How do I say this carefully? Between uh, showing the kids tremendous avo and showing them who's boss. If you leave out the second part, that's not going to work. If the kids are ruling the castle, and if they become so spoiled that whatever they say goes, and the parents are scared of the children, so then uh, the children are going to grow up to be very spoiled, not very well-adjusted adults. And unfortunately, we live in an age where Again, there's, the numbers are gewaldic and the yeshivas and the are doing wonderful, but there are children at risk and there are children off. And often parents uh, come to me and when I tell them to take somewhat of a hard line, which I don't always say, depending on the situation, they start saying, what's going to be if we do this? Maybe they'll go off the derech and maybe they'll do this and maybe they'll run away. And uh, yesterday I was having a discussion about a 10-year-old. And they actually said, Pemale, said, we don't want him to run away from the house. I said, let him run away. He's not going too far especially without your credit card. So I often find there's, like in any other area of Avedis Hashem, there's a, um, there's a theme of underlying panic that I'm trying to do the right thing, and if I'm doing the right thing, maybe it's going to backfire on me. 
No one has a perfect uh, balance, and chinuch habanim with all the ishtadlis takes a lot of tziat deshmaya. And if you try your hardest and it doesn't work, it's nobody's fault. With all that said, any air of avodas Hashem, when you're doing the right thing and it's not so popular, you have to have a lot of bitachon and amun if you're doing the right thing, even though it's not popular. And you have to say the right thing, even though it's not popular. And even if you think you're going to get some heat, you got to do it anyway. That applies to a gabai and a shul. That applies to a rav. I'm not sure who gets more heat, the gabai or the rav. That applies to a boss in an office who's trying to do the right thing. That applies to a colleague in the office. I had, um, this took quite a few hours. I had a worker in an office who was being asked to sign things that were not 100% honest. I don't know if you ever had such a matzah in the office. Never. You're all blank stares. Never happened. Um, and they may ask to sign off, and they say, how can I sign off? It never happened. And then they repeat themselves, and maybe you didn't understand me. I just asked you to sign off. I didn't ask you to comment. So again, you did a lot of bitachin, and they sort of insinuated that uh, we're not, of course, going to fire you because that would be illegal as opposed to what they're asking them to do now. And um, they sort of insinuated that maybe you, you're really not so comfortable working here. Maybe you don't like our ethics, which, which they don't. And um, how do you balance standing up for what you truly believe in and having bitachin that Kosh Baruch Hu is signing the paycheck, and at the end of the day, I have to do what's right, and if I don't, it's going to backfire on me as well. So this could be in the office, it could be with Chinuch You have to hold the line. A soldier in an army understands that. Come what? You believe in what you're doing, you don't believe what you're doing, they're shooting at you, you can't run. And part of Bitochen is to understand if you're doing what's right, you have to understand Hashem's going to give you Siyat Hashemaya. And you can't be so nervous. And just in the last conversation, I, I, it took me a while to get through the fact that their son, their darling of a son, is not going anywhere so quickly despite his threats and his tantrums. And uh, he is thirsting for some control in his life, which he doesn't have right now. And that takes bitachon. That's not a question of hashkaf zachayim. That takes being firm in understanding you made the right decision and you're going to follow through with it. You want to help others with this idea as well. Share with you a very interesting. Uh, my father lives in Rehovot. Uh, one of his chavusas during the days of Simcha Kohen Kok was the chief rabbi of Rehovot. So my father, my father left to come to me for Pesach. So he sent me a letter. So it was very nice. He wrote out a whole uh, nice, uh, nice shtickle terror, which I'm going to give you the highlight now, which I think is the. Um, again, whenever you hear a beautiful pshat, it almost sounds like the pasha pshat. Everybody has the kasha. Remember that from a few weeks ago? So everybody, uh, everybody asked, why were they all in Bnei Brak? Bnei Brak was the Malkam of Rabbi Kiva. These are his Rabbeim. Where we come from, the Talmud goes to the Rebbe, not the other way around. So why are they all by Rabbi Kiva? So he wanted to, Taina, that we see from the Gemara, primarily the Gemara Makis and many other Midrashim, that of all the Tanaim, and any Tana around by the Chorban was certainly put there because they were up to the task of rebuilding Klai Yisrael. The Tana that was the most optimistic and the Tana who really encouraged not only Talmidim but his Chavayim and his Rabbeim was Rabbi Akiva. We know from the Gemara Makkah, the last Amud, which not coincidentally, the, um, the Gemara tries to... Uh, Put all the Tariq mitzvahs into one. So, right in the tales of that Gemara, the Gemara tells the famous Maisek, Fari, Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Lezman Azai, Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Kiva Mahacha Maderech, 
and they heard singing and dancing and music from miles and miles away, and it was a Roman city, and they were having a drunken party, probably on Memorial Day. And they were barbecuing, and they could smell the hot dogs all the way uh, five miles off the city. And his rabbeim and his peers started crying. He says, horrible. The Goyim are just living it up in Al-Mazer. And we're sitting here in Abes Amikdash, in Khurban, And we're in Golis, and we're downtrodden. And they started crying. And Rabbi Kiva started smiling. Often they touch Misachek. Mishak is a laughter. I don't think he was laughing. He wasn't laughing for Zabim. He was smiling. They asked him, why are you smiling? It's not smiling because of this, what the Ivory with Sinai get, getting all the Schar, Berlamazek, can you imagine the Schar we're going to get? And then the more famous part of the Gemara, they came up to the Makam HaMikdash. Shuv Pamachat, Yael Yushalayim, Kimish Gilahar, Tzaifim, Kara Begdayim, that writes Kriya, Kimish Gilahar, Bayez, Ro, Shul, Yatsin, Ebez, Katshe, Kadoshim. And again, he didn't only smile and explain why he was smiling. He was incredulous, like, how can you cry? This is the moment I've been waiting for. As you all know, the Gemara says, until now, we didn't see Bechush, the Kim of the Navua. We see the Navua, the Shul is walking in the base, Kachay Kachim, Mitzashem will be That Navua now, and then we'll look forward to Yeshua Zakanim, Zakanim, Bechabi Zushalayim. Rabbi Kiva had this midah. It's even a fascinating legend. I once I said it over in one of my, uh, my Gullahs Tagula CD. People have called me over the years to ask me for the Makar. I had it once. It disappeared. So uh, it's, it's a legend. I don't know how well it's documented, but I saw it somewhere. Uh, it's certainly an interesting theory. Uh, Rabbi Kiva, if you recall from the Gemara, was traveling alone one night, completely alone, and he had his alarm clock, his tire to go, and he had his lamp, and he had his chamar. Uh, and the animal died, and he had no mode of transportation, the lights went out, and the town of gold died, he had no alarm, nothing. He's stuck in the midbar, and everything happened. He said, Gamzula Teva, Gamzula Teva. Called Davrachmalatavu was more accurate. His Rebbe said, Gamzula Teva, it's a different schmooze why he changed the Lushan. You're normally supposed to say the Nusach of the Rebbe. He felt he wasn't on the Madrega. Called Davrachmalatav is a slightly different Madrega. But he said it, and he meant it. And the next morning he woke up, and he realized the Roman army, Roman troops came by, and they missed him because they didn't hear anything or see anything, and he was saved. So there is, a, there is a legend floating around, uh, which is certainly answer the cash. It always bothered me. Why was Rabbi Kiva walking alone? Rabbi Kiva? That's Asr. Why in the world was he alone? So someone suggests that this was the night that he not left Betar, he escaped from Betar. If you recall, he had supported Bar Kheikhva, and he supported him and supported him until he realized that he went off, and he went way off at Betar. So the point where he told the Kajabrahu, don't help me, don't hinder me, and then he killed his uncle, and that was the end of Betar, and Akiva, Rabbi Kiva slipped out, and he lost everything. He lost uh, the potential for the Mashiach, he lost all his Tamidim, and he's completely alone. Can you imagine how Tzabrochen we would be? Everything fell apart on the national scene in a personal way, and he's traveling all alone, escaping with his life. Bakarifu would have killed him also had he seen him leaving. And to add insult to injury, he doesn't even have a car, not an alarm clock. Not a flashlight. Out in the middle of the desert. Gives the story a whole new picture. You can say, Gamzul Lataiva, when it's 65 degrees and sunny and Yataka going to a barbecue after the shear and everything is rosy. After a maisa like this, after a night like this in Betar, to say, Gamzul Lataiva, Kodabrahman Lataiva, it's a different outlook on life. 
And Rav Kook suggests that he thinks that's why they all came to Rabbi Kiva. He was more than happy to go to his rabbin, but they felt the makam of Rabbi Kiva, just to be in the presence of Rabbi Kiva the years after the Korban to pick up the pieces. The value of that is that we always lack the impetus. I've commented to people, you're not smiling. Often the answer I get is, why should I smile? So there are two answers to that. One is it's good for your ruchnias, and it's good for your yeshiva das, and it's good for your avodah Hashem. And it happens to be, as Rabbi Saul Salanta would always say, you don't have to be a barber shusarabim. Everybody's walking under some sort of cloud because everybody has their pickle. If you are radiating Simcha Sachayim and Yeshiva Das and Bitochen, it's very catchy. So catchy, the Rabbi Kiva's Rabbeim wanted to be in his makam, in his house, at his table, to get this shot in the arm to be able to continue to leave Klai Yisrael. I always turn around, there's only 10 minutes left. Let me touch upon two more points of this Indian. People are always looking for signs. We don't, we're not, we don't have Naveen, we don't have a crystal ball, and we're not at Takishuf. And um, people, uh, people have asked me, asked me more when I was in Flappish, if I go on Avenue J to the lady who charges $5 for the palm reading, how many Yisurim was I ever? So I told them, you over on one answer. He said, which one? I said, Bal Tashchis. <laughs> That's not Kishuf. She doesn't know what she's doing. Uh, so we would like to, it's very inviting. So I said, why'd you go? He said, for $5, I needed a laugh. <laughs> so, um, so you look at the papers, you know, so they say something generic enough, you will meet somebody special today. Okay, that'll fit everybody. Uh, so the Goyim don't have, any Goyim who claim to have the key to black magic don't know what they're talking about. The ones who know don't talk. So we don't have any access to the black magic, and we don't have too much white magic either. And we're not Zeichet we're not Zeichet So we look for the Adashem, which is normally a mitzvah rabbah if you don't take it too far without the proper adrocha. Often in life, you're about to do something good, very good, very powerful, very monumentous, and you have roadblocks. And it doesn't go so easy. Zilberstein tells over a story that he brought to Rab Chaim. Zilberstein doesn't exaggerate. He says there was a couple going out, and the first date, they got into a car accident. It happened. Baruch Hashem, nobody was seriously hurt. They're both lightly injured. Okay, it happens. So she'll know when she gets married, she'll drive next time. Okay, it's, not, uh, it's a fair warning. They went on a second date, and the house they were in caught on fire, and the tip of her dress caught on fire. She almost, uh, they had to put it out, and uh, she was also lightly injured. Nothing serious, but very bizarre. It's a true mice. And on the third date, they decided, you know what? We're going to go out in the open to a park. How many forest fires do you have on a date? And we're going to take a taxi. Believe it or not, the taxi got into a car accident. <laughs> so uh, after the third date, uh, he was ready to call it quits. I think most of us would. And the, the father, the girl's father, at least he knows the type of fare he's going to get, wouldn't let him. And he said, just this is all uh, shows that the Gavaldon and Shidduch are just that uh, good things come hard. So they didn't know what to do, so they came to Zoberstein and he took the Shaila into Reb Chaim. So Reb Chaim, what should we do? Should we continue? So Reb Chaim said, absolutely you should continue. He said, I think you should check your mezuzahs, but you should continue. 
Absolutely continue. And they continued, and he told them, normally Bnei Brak, uh, lit- literature circles are going out somewhat. Chassidish circles are not going out at all. Usually by three, it's already wrapped up. He said, go out a fourth time. Have one date without any uh, car accidents. It's just good for the psyche. Uh, go out a fourth time, and after that, everything goes smoothly. You make a l'chaim and kachav. They went out the fourth date, they made a l'chaim, and now they're happily married. So, uh, so people would quote this, I'm Ifis, I had a Rav Chaim, no, you happily married. The answer is, I would hope, Baruch Hashem, statistically, most people that get married are happily married. Some would want to argue on that, but I think it's basically true, despite all the problems I hear. Rav Chaim is teaching us an important lesson, is that you're supposed to see the Yad Hashem and everything, but you also have to know how to touch it up. And the reason I know this story is because, I kid you not, a week and a half ago, a uh, couple came up to see me in Muncie, and they also, they were going out, they were deciding, there were some issues, and now they wanted to come and talk to me to see whether I'm pro or con. So I, I never met uh, both of them, so I sat down with them, we were sitting for a couple hours, and they had a very strict time to get to Muncie, I, we always allow an extra five, ten minutes for traffic, I told them, be in my house at 11 o'clock, I have somebody else coming at 12. Okay. So they said, no problem. They left uh, Brooklyn very early. They called me, 11.30. I don't know if you remember that day. It was I think, two Thursdays ago. It was a torrential downpour like we haven't had in months. I don't know if you remember that day. And uh, they got a flat tire on the Palisades. Now, that's a godless. The Palisades has no shoulders. So when you get a flat tire, you can't pull over. You only have to go onto the grass. Pulled over on the grass. It's raining so hard they can't get out of the car for like a half hour. Then a fellow pulls up behind them, a from guy. And he says, can I help you? So they said, no, we're just fine. We're uh, you know, just uh, talking. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you've got to start the conversation somewhere. And uh, he got out of the car in the pouring rain. And he proceeds to try to jack up the car. And it's an Aveda. It's not one of the fancy ones. You've got to do it manually. Jacking up, jacking up, jacking up. After 20 minutes, he finally gets it jacked up. Baruch Hashem. The finishing touch. Things on the grass, in the mud, the entire thing loses the traction in the mud, and the whole thing turns over. Now they're back from scratch in the mud. He tries again. Another half hour later, they finally got enough, and they found the spare tire. The spare tire had a hole in it. I, I couldn't make this stuff up. And, uh, unless they made it up to explain why they were late. I don't know. But uh, this is what they told me. And he got them basically to the next uh, gas station. He went with them, changed it for them again. They got another tire, and they came to Muncie two and a half hours late. So um, they finally got it. They were calling me the whole time. They delayed, delayed, delayed. They finally got there. He walks in, pulls me aside. He says, before we sit down, he says, I think I'm out of Navi, Loben Navi. I think we have our answer already. I said, what answer? So he said, I don't know. I'm trying to maybe get engaged. And the car pulls over in the mud. We jack it up. It falls over again. We get a tire. It has another hole. How many Simana Menashemayim do I need? So um, I said, do I have a story for you? <laughs> and uh, it's a good thing we have Rab Chaim to give us uh, direction. I said, uh, this just proved to me, and I didn't even sit down and talk to you yet, that this is mamish made in heaven. And um, I think she found out that he doesn't know how to change a tire, but okay, th- that's not the end of the world. Many husbands will, uh, will have that issue. And um, it's not a raya one way or another, but it's certainly quite possible that something great is about to happen, and a coach wants to test your metal to see if uh, you're really with the program. And these things happen in real life, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but often we start posketing these shaylas that you really need to know before without understanding that you can't really know what a roadblock is. So how do you posket a shayla? 
The answer is, So when I told him, this could be a wonderful sermon, so he got all excited. So he says, that's it. We have to get married. I said, no. I said, why don't we sit down and discuss it and see what the issues are, the real issues, and let's see which direction this is going to go. And then you pass the Shaila. Once you have a derech, then you have to have the bitachin to see it through, even if you get stuck in the mud and the tire has another flat and the car turns over. That's the difference. And we get very spooked out by these things. And there's Simana Meshokhanach the about this. You know, you leave the house and then the pita nuffle nuffle from your mouth and the, the black cat. And also, Simana, you're not allowed to turn back when you have these things. That's called superstition. And there's a very fine balance to strike. The Vilna Gain, don't misquote this. This is a very hard Pirish Agra to handle. It's so important. I was going to read it inside, but we're not going to have time, so I'll just uh, say over the theme. Pirish Agra says, and Megillus Rus, now we get the Shvus. So Rus is begging and begging to come, and Nami's trying to talk her out of it. And she's pushing and pushing. The Pasha Pshadish, she's pushing and pushing, so I'm not going to talk around. You, a gear comes to me, Magyar, try once, twice, three times. You can't talk them out of it, then you take them with open arms and you, uh, you grab them. The Bir Agra, the Pir Shagra says, Ha'inyin, Ha'yet Sahara Daimelazvov Yeshebein, Shnei Miftachay Alev. The Yetzahara is waiting in your heart to pounce on you. And when he goes on to say, is that the Yitzhahar is Mesgabra Bechoya Mimeschadesh with from people, a from person. Yitzhahar is not going to you know, wake up in the morning and do an Avera. We can do an Avera. I'm from. Yitzhahar is not going to come and say, do a blatant Avera. He's going to have to either trick you into understanding or misunderstanding it's not an Avera, or better yet, dress it up as a Maisa Mitzvah. And once you dress up Maisa Mitzvah, then you'll go running. So the Pir Shogor says, Nami saw that she was having trouble walking as fast as Naomi was which is very strange, because Naomi was twice her age. It's a young lady, and they're walking barefoot, okay, back to Yisrael, but she should be able to keep up. And she sees Mitzamet says she can't keep up. Once she saw she couldn't keep up, she understood that her decision was correct to join Klai Yisrael. Why? Because if you make a decision, especially a big decision, for something which is in a very important Indian in Ruchnius, and you're too excited about it. Now, now, this is the part that's often misquoted. You're supposed to be excited about doing mitzvahs. When you have a new project, you're supposed to get excited. You're supposed to be enthusiastic. You're supposed to do it with serious nefesh and besimcha. All that's true. But you also have to know yourself. On our madrega, the Gros says, and even on Rus's madrega, there's something a little bit wrong, and you have to check very carefully. If you're too excited and your legs are moving too quickly, that might be a simon. This is Asa Seyetzer. So she saw, she wasn't sure, come back, can she handle it? Why did she want to dissuade her? It's a big thing to handle. She might have thought, as she expressed, that, you know, your sister-in-law made the right decision. Go back, keep the Zion mitzvahs, which you shouldn't end up doing anyway. And you'll be a nice from guy. You don't have to come. It might be too much, and then everything will cave in. She saw she made a decision, and she saw the decision was right, because now she was struggling to keep up, which means that the decision was correct, and the Yetzirah is trying to stop her, per our previous discussion. And if she was walking and running and she had the kayak for it, maybe that's a simon she's being propelled by the Eight Zahara. Compares it to when Rishlokas jumped into the river to Rabbi Yechanan, and then after he's makabal al he couldn't swim back very quickly. 
He lost all his kayak. Miraculously, the answer is no. Once he was doing something good, the Yetzirah tried to slow him down. Again, so what does that mean? So I'm, I, I'm enthusiastic. I should double check. Happens to be the girl that she tosses, a famous Maisel Chaim Velozhin, came to the Vilna Gain when he first had the idea to open up his yeshiva, the famous yeshiva of Velozhin. And he came to him and he said, I'm very excited. I think it's a great idea. And he still was excited. I want to open up yeshiva. Clay all needs this. And they did, by the way. Uh, the old system where everybody was learning with the rubber of the town and there wasn't a central, central place to learn the Steig, it wasn't working. It wasn't working. The shtetl couldn't supply. The rub was busy. They couldn't. It wasn't working for B'nai Teret. So he heard him out, and he said, uh, it's a good idea. I don't think you should do it. And the Vilna Gaon told the Ochai Velozhin not to do it. Couldn't understand why. Left. The Rebbe said no. The Rebbe said no. He came back a little while later, and he was much more subdued, and he ran the idea by his Rebbe again. He says, now you can go do it. And he explained that on your Madrega, this yeshiva is Yeshiva Velozhin, the prototype of the modern yeshiva. And he says, it has to be mamish 100% Al-Tairus HaKadosh. You're a big bomb Madrega, but I saw there was a little bit of you in the equation and you were a little bit too excited. So you have to know yourself. You have to know what gets you to go. A perfect mushal is uh, some people struggle to get up in the morning. I mentioned before, get up for daf, get up for shir, get up for minion, get up for the chavusa. The alarm clock goes off. You hit the snooze button once. Somebody's trying to set a world record. How many times can you hit it? We should really buy clocks that have like an override. After five, it doesn't work anymore. Uh, but I haven't invented that yet. So it keeps on going, 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 and yet your limbs feel so heavy. And you get up, and once you have your coffee and you get there, then it's geschmack, but it's so difficult. That's because you're doing something unbelievable. You're getting out of bed with a serious at five in the morning to go learn to go dive, and it's unbelievable. Did you ever notice, I, I don't know if it's going to get to anybody here, but I was told by people who went on a ski trip with a bunch of friends, that the alarm clock went off at 4 a.m. They jumped out of bed like a scorpion bit them with tremendous simcha, put on their boots and their outerwear and their goggles and everything. They were out the door before anybody could say, boo. So I was amazed. So how do you guys do that? They said, Rebbe, you got to be there. Which was an invitation, I guess, uh, <laughs> of sorts. Uh, I need somebody to give shir with the chaburah. But there's nothing wrong, bad, some skiing. As a matter of fact, it's probably more sneistic than some other sports. Um, there's nothing, everybody's dressed pretty well, and um, you got to know what to do with the shaylis when you're helping people on the ski slopes. It's a different schmooze. Uh, if one guy comes back every single time with a shaylis, it's always, if somebody needs help, it's a big chesed and a big chil if he doesn't help out, and she happens to be of the wrong gender. Okay, that's a different shaylis. I don't know why that guy always gets those shaylis. Uh, but, uh, but okay, it's relatively safe as, as sports go. And, um, and they're bouncing out of bed like this is Geshmak. Uh, the answer is it is. But there's no Yetzirah to hold you back. It's not in my Saveri, this game. But there's no Yetzirah to tell you not to. So then you get out of bed, you're full of energy. So you have to know what makes you tick, and you have to know what gets you going. You have to know when you meet up against that resistance, not to lose your bitachan and your resolve, and understand this might be the best thing you're doing. It's just Hashem is not going to let it come so easily because you need the schar. It's Hashem, we should all be up to it on our day off. You go with this lavish to your barbecues. Make sure you have second Seder afterwards. Thank you for listening.